When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I got some for you. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. For those of you who think we in the national media gush too much about Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> it's going to yeah. be a long day for you. Long yeah, two, long weeks. two weeks. <laughs> a long day for you. Earlier on the show, nine year NBA veteran Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Coming up, senior writer for the MMQB. Albert Breer, host of ABC's The Bachelor, Jesse Palmer. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Ah, yes. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Albert Breer is going to join us in about 20 minutes from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. That's where most coaches who already have a job uh, are are there. And there's a a new coach in Carolina that uh, just got introduced. Frank Wright got introduced there. Um, in uh, the first hour of the program, uh, he was talking. We'll turn around the best soundbite that we can find from that shortly. Uh, hour number three, Jesse Palmer, who hosts The Bachelor, will be here in studio. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tufo in their spots. Good to see you, gents, for hour number two. There you go. TJ Jefferson lit the candle about an hour ago. Good to see you, TJ. Um, I- I've done this each uh, of the first two weeks of the playoff season, which means I'm mandated to do it a third time. <laughs> Plus, you know, I'm addicted to these lists now. I don't know what happened to me. We talked you into for it. years. You know, for years, um, I'm like, I'm not doing lists. I just want to do a list. Everyone does lists. I, well, I don't, I don't want to be like everyone else. But I don't know why I like them. They're fun because you I saw we like were them. having fun and you wanted in on it. And that's not it. I think so. <laughs> that's. Not it. Now, I've always been anti-lists. I just always have been. It's well, just like because just like why don't I just talk about them? Why do I have to list them? Why well, do I need to put them in? Even in back order? in the day when like ESPN, you're doing the top I, tens. You didn't like the top. Well, you hated the not top ten. Bingo. <laughs> I was the only Sports Center anchor to complain about the not top ten list. Why? Because you didn't. Well, want and to plus see the top fail. tens were kind of fun, and it was like a throwaway at the end. And sometimes, you know, whenever we were over time on our uh, on our rundown whenever Stuart and I talked too long or bantered too long or you know got our producer all you know wound up because we were we were we were over our scheduled time and he had to cut some things in a rundown the top 10 would go and it's just like and I always felt bad for the production assistant who worked so hard on it and it didn't make air um uh but then then we then we would so that's why I didn't like those. And then the not top 10. Like, let's take the athletes <laughs> whose hard work creates Sports Center and the need for it. Let's clown them when they don't do well. That's what it was. I'm like, I don't get it. And then we would get feedback from fans how they loved it. And I'm like, what's the matter with you people? And I think that's, that's, that's part of funny. <laughs> that's where, that's where my, my dislike of lists uh, <clears throat> first began. The not top 10 was always like, Yes, these guys are superior athletes. I could never be them. Eh, but every once in a while, they screw up like I would. Dude, it's not like the Us magazine. They're just like us. They feed they feed meters just like us. Oh gosh, they 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 dress down they they dress down when going to the supermarket just like us. No, it's not it. 
When you're watching a golf tournament, right, it and was, someone hits it in the water, don't you smile and be like, <laughs> I no, could have done that. No, I don't. I could have done that because I know I can't do 99% of the I know, other things that, that they do. You, I can hit it in the water just like they do. So why do we need to actually put it in a, in a, in a, in a you know, set to music with a, with a, oh, and then now here's somebody who blows a layup. Oh, gosh. Now here's, well, what about, now here's somebody who just, like, who, who creates an error. What you about know, when they put like, like would the, Joseph Asai be number one on the not top ten? Oh, you know what I mean. Like that's what I'm saying. These guys take this is their profession. No, they take it seriously because it's, it's fun stuff. It's like games oh. in April that don't matter. Like NFL follies. Yeah, or like when they have the the, mm. the big drunk guy who comes out at halftime to shoot the half court shot. It's not the and same. And it finishes like thirty feet short. That goes on the top, not top ten. Yes, that's fine. That's but, fun. But this this stuff was like you know. Watching these athletes pratfall, I didn't like it. <laughs> but now I now now I I, I like the list. I like you Christmas. just made the list. I know. I like it. I like it. I like all of it. <laughs> I need NFL Films music. Top five storylines to come out of Championship Weekend. Number five on the list. To me, the Bengals are here to stay, but at what cost? And you see. On the screen on the Roku channel, you can see it for our radio listeners. The S in cost is a dollar sign. The window of winning in Joe Burrow's first rookie contract is over. 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 Conversations, I would believe, if I was the agent, I mean, what's the appropriate amount of time? Five minutes ago. <laughs> If I'm the agent, I don't know what the relationship is. They already had conversations already during the playing season, and we just didn't tell Joe about it, keep him out of it. Joe's going to get paid, and he's going to get paid a lot of money. I would think whatever Aaron Rodgers is making, Joe will make more. He should. He should. He's better than Aaron Rodgers. And the dance, well... (laughs) It's, as you know, and it drives you nuts. It does. It's the truth. But he's actually earned it. It's the truth. It's what the market pays for whoever walks into it at that moment. It's his time to get paid, and he should be paid the most of any quarterback in the NFL. And the question is, does he pull what apparently Lamar's pulling, which is I want every dollar guaranteed? Does he do what Brady did all those years? Give the Brown family, a hometown discount. So Jamar, when he gets paid, there's money for him. I get to keep Higgins. I get to keep Boyd. I get to keep my guys up front. I get to keep those guys on defense. And the question is, how does that pie get cut up so the Bengals can keep on keeping on? That is the new equation for Cincinnati because it's time to pay Joe. And we all know for the first time, They sold the naming rights to their stadium last year, and that's because they were getting ready for this moment. Number four on the list for me. It's the way we started the show. Who starts the next 49ers game at quarterback? Who starts it? Because Purdy is out with a UCL tear in his throwing elbow, according to my friend Tom Pelissero at the NFL Media Group. Trey Lance, is it him? Will he be ready for the outset of the offseason workout program? It seems to be the case. Do you keep Garoppolo around? 
Do you tell him? Stick around? You love us, we love you? How about one more year to see how Lance is ready and Purdy's ready or what have you? Or do they just go for it and take Tom Brady off the free agent market and blow the roof off the sucker known as the NFL free agent season? The hell going on month of March. That would be the ultimate. Number three on this list is, I think, number one for a lot of folks. The Zebras. NFL officiating. It was a real bad weekend for the NFL officials. Weird stuff. Weird stuff like, did the ball hit the wire or not? It took two minutes. Weird stuff like, oh, the Bengals are off the field in the second half of an AFC championship game that comes down to every snap. No, wait a minute. That third down play to bring on the punt never happened because one official at the back recognized the the time clock was running and it should have been stopped because the previous play was an incomplete pass and somebody, one guy is waving. Nobody saw that guy. Play goes. Wait a minute. No, the play doesn't go. And on the extra down, the Bengals are called for defensive holding and the Chiefs get a new set of downs. Thank goodness that led to no points. I mean, it didn't affect field position and whatnot. Then there were the calls, like the one at the end of the game people thought wasn't right because the side did push him. I thought it was a proper call. All the other stuff that happened in between, including stuff that we saw the replay assist stop the game to fix but didn't this time, like Marquez Valdez-Scantling reaching out for the first down and then pulling it back and Andy Reid had to burn his final challenge to take a look at it. Isn't that the stuff that the home office in New York is supposed to be fixing on the spot to save challenges? It was weird. It was really disappointing is the way I look at it. It led to the stupid stuff about it being rigged as if there's a memo that the NFL sends out to all the officials that will, what, like, like, uh, emission impossible. It destructs within 30 seconds so nobody can find a trace of it. That they've decided that it will be Philadelphia and Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Why? Because somebody's grandkid loves Patrick Mahomes and be so upset that he complained of the, the grandpa who owns this team, who calls the commissioner and says, this is what you're doing. I'm calling in a chit. You're fixing the game. Like, get out of here with this craziness. Got to figure out how to use that Skycam judge better. That's the way out of this thing. Number two on the list, the top storyline to come out of Championship Weekend's second top storyline is the Chiefs took everything personally. They sure did, man. They took it all personally. The Mike Hilton, we're going to Burrowhead soundbite that NFL Films caught in Buffalo, and then the Uh, occasional repetition of it throughout the week. The Cincinnati mayor opening his mouth and tweeting out that Patrick Mahomes took a paternity test to see if Burrow was his father. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) and, and, and the Burrow had this and the Burrow had that. And I'm not saying all the Bengals did it, but they went from, you know, they went, they, they, they got ultra cocky. Some, folks in the Queen City and the Chiefs heard it all and boy did they take that personally and um, you know I, the Bengals damn they still pulled it off anyway but I just found that 
something to keep in mind how they rallied around Mahomes and the national conversation, this show being part of it, talking about how, you know, can Burrow surpass Mahomes as the top quarterback in the AFC if they win this game, as if everything else before it never happened. Um, that's number two. And then number one is the obvious one. I know I'm kind of finishing with a, without a flourish here, kind of like an old top ten list from Letterman where the last one was a throwaway. But it's the Super Bowl. I mean, choose your storyline. Choose your storyline. Hurts, Mahomes, and how young they are and how accomplished Mahomes is and how Hurts is trying to get there and Hurts' journey and the fact that Andy Reid used to coach in Philadelphia and how he coaches in Kansas City. And, you know, Nick Sirianni used to be on – Reed's coaching staff, and now he's the coach in Philadelphia with Hertz and the Kelseys. I mean, there's so many storylines. I'll give you a top. I'll, you know, I might do a power ranking of the Super Bowl storylines. Do you think we need one more? All right, we'll get one All right, more. I'll give you one more, uh, and this is one of the top storylines to come out of championship weekend. It's when you see someone's brilliance on a football field, and we saw it. We saw it on, on the broadcasts for weeks. Uh, the brilliance um, repeated over and over and over again till you're just like enough already, right? Enough. And so many people felt that way about we talking about Mahomes enough. And uh, so many people said it and it was really remarkable. They finally went ahead and did it. Last storyline is Einstein solo act is kaput. They actually switched it up on the Einstein Verizon commercial they actually had him say that he lost his cell service in a black hole. Did you catch that one? Kaput. Somebody went ahead. Oh, I missed it. Yes. He showed up with his phone and he said, my service is in a black hole, which means these are they, they, they had they had Giamatti give these throwaway lines. And for some reason, I don't know, was the editor fired? Was the editor on vacation or something? <laughs> they just decided to keep the same damn commercial over and over again. And then we saw Edelman a lot this weekend. Yeah, but that was the one they were playing earlier uh, in the season. Somebody decided, you know, we do have to switch it up after all. Mm. You know? we were they, they went against tendency, which is what you do to succeed in the playoffs, you know? Brilliant! You go against your tendency and what everyone's been noticing in on film. And um, I thought it was really uh, a big story for me. Do you, do you feel better? I do. Okay. <laughs> what are they going to air this weekend? Are they going to run man. it in college basketball the Pro or Bowl? something? I don't know. Pro Bowl games? Maybe Tyler Huntley will appear. Oh, He's been Einstein's out. Tyler Huntley in. How about them Pro Bowl apples? But there you go. There's my top five storylines for championship weekend. <laughs> I am not going to give up this bit. I'm not. Yeah, all right. We're figuring that I'm, out. I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start, starting to understand that. Nolan in Massachusetts, <laughs> let's take hey. your call. What's up, Nolan? How you doing, sir? Hey guys, um, thanks for having me. You got it. I just wanted to get your take on why the replay assist was used so sparingly I, um, in the championship round. No question. You know what? I got to get Pereira on. It was. Now, uh, the reason why it wasn't used for, say, the Devontae Smith catch, um, Nolan, is because I don't think replay assist is there to stop the game like college football. If it was college football, you know, they stop the game. They don't care about stopping the game in college football. They don't care about stopping the game in college football from the fact that they have 19 million commercial pods and they don't, they don't care. They, they will stop a game to have two people shovel pass or, or chest pass footballs into a soda can for, for, 
for tuition money. They, they will do that. They don't care if the game takes four and a half hours. They stop it for every play. Don't so if Devontae Smith one-handed grabbed it in, a, in an SEC championship game or a national championship game, they would have stopped it to see if that was a, an incomplete pass or a catch. In the NFL, they don't do that. And I don't think replay assist is there to do that yet because it's got to be somehow clear and obvious. Um, and sometimes that I, 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 I'm kind of searching for the words here because sometimes it's not clear and obvious when they did chime in in the playoffs like that was not a catch, that was not a first down, that was not a foot, foot down in bounds. And you're like, wait a minute, I don't know that was in dispute. And they've changed the ruling before the next snap. So I'm with you, Nolan. I don't know. There was definitely something that happened where replay assist just went to sleep half the time or just said we're not going to we're not in these championship games going to chime in the way that we did the first two weeks of the season. I noticed it too. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm interested to see how that plays out this offseason because I mean, I also think the standard of having it applied in playoff games and not in regular season games, although it's a new concept. Um, I think it should be across the board, all the time, same, you know, right. stringent rules and whatnot. I'm with you. I also just, I also just wanted to say um, I appreciate the solace you provided me um, in the face of my Bengals defeat. I went to bed on Sunday night pretty um, frustrated, mm-hmm. kind of, demoralized and I I felt as though, I mean, we've been the bungles forever, but I felt as though kind of legacies were being brought into question and. Oh gosh. You know, know, legacies, (laughs) let's just put it this way. Nolan, I, I appreciate you saying that. Like I said, the number of times that, that I have seen my team in the jets lose, I don't recall ever feeling like, you know what? We will definitely get him next year, and we are, and we we've got this thing down. We got it nailed. We got it nailed because in order to get it nailed, you got to get the quarterback and the coach and the front office right. You got to, and you know, by the first two are obvious, and the front office is also, I think, somewhat obvious. Where they they have to know how to surround the quarterback with players that matches what the coach wants to do because the coach and the quarterback are attached at the hip and with a brain, sharing a brain. So you've got that, man. You've got it. You got it. And and for some reason, you also have uh, a coaching staff that the rest of the league, for some reason, doesn't want to poach, which helps you too, you know, for, for, for uh, continuity sake as well as to, to run it back next year. Um, so... Enjoy the chili, brother. <laughs> you know, take care of yourself. Thanks for the call. That's Nolan in Massachusetts. I'm trying to find this moment here in the game. The the Valdez Scantling play, right? The touchdown? No, the one where he reached it out and pulled it back. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh. And it was ruled a uh, a first ruled, down. It was ruled short and then Andy Reid challenged. Right. Yeah. And Andy Reid challenged and it was ruled it was ruled a first down. Yep. After all of that. And then I believe a couple of snaps later, replay assist chimed in to help the Bengals. And I thought to myself, well, where the hell was replay assist on that? Replay assist is is there to say you have marked the ball wrong. Mm -hmm. And then there's also, uh, I got a bunch of tweets when I said that that is the correct call right there. I got a bunch of tweets saying 
showing me in the rule book that it's it's good if you reach out. But if you reach out and pull it back, I didn't think that was good. That's not good for a first down. It's good to score a to break the plane. Right. And you always see the quarterbacks when they run out of bounds, they extend the ball, but they don't pull it back. They just keep it and going. And their momentum is going right. forward while they're extending. The fact that he extended it and pulled it back took away the yardage for a first down. And so it was weird all around. We got. I'm calling Pereira. That's it. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to text Pereira. <laughs> and we're going to get Pereira on the line. We need answers, Rich. Bring me the mouth of Pereira. <laughs> That's coming up and next with Albert Breer, though. Albert Breer coming up next. Back here in the Rich Eisen <laughs> Show, sitting here on the Rich Eisen Show at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Joining us here from the Reese's Senior Bowl is uh, one of our favorite Sports Illustrated's yeah, Albert like Breer back on the program. Better. What's up, Albert? Insane. I, you know, my wife thinks I'm a psychopath because, um, and she might be right. <laughs> I, 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 I hate yeah. peanut butter, but I like peanuts. And she says that makes no sense. It does make no sense. Makes no I sense. think it makes sense. I get it. I, I okay. never liked peanut butter as a kid. I don't like I it now. It. I get it. Um, but, I, but, I'm, but I'm good with peanuts. So so, it's, uh, is it a texture so yeah, thing? I, I never really, I never really liked Reese's peanut butter cups or Reese's pieces because mm. I wasn't a big peanut butter guy, but I do like peanuts. So I, I don't like onions and uh, like onion rings, so same. I get it. Don't like onions, love onion love rings. Love onion rings. There oh you go. I'm with them on that one. Same. You're all weird. No, I mean, yeah, but you. you knew that. So already. wait a minute, Albert, <laughs> and, and then we'll get to the football stuff in a second. So are they giving out like is is there a peanut butter cup like on the sideline? Like where do they giving <laughs> stuff away? Like are they? Are they I haven't gotten. I, I mean, I haven't room? gotten anything yet. But I mean, I I. I pair of shoes last year that i wore here that were sort of like like a lighter color sneaker that got ruined because you know that that, that orange reese's cut that really distinct orange oh, yes the well the paint hadn't dried yet and so like all of a sudden these nice sneakers that i had that were just like completely covered in that orange so ah. I, I i do have some marks from the reese's senior bowl <laughs> um, from over the years but but uh but no 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 free peanut butter cups well, yet. well kids Not from, that i would take them Sure, of course. The kids from the Tennessee program must fit in, right? They must, they they must, you know, yeah. like camouflage. Like that's the same well, color, very, isn't it? Very, yeah, it's a very distinct orange, and it's all over the place. Here. Okay. So, well, I, why, I mean, I'm looking down my credential, my cred, the, the 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 you know, like the, the lanyard is yellow, is orange. Okay. Like that, so. so here's the deal: if you get a free gift bag, send the the cups to Brockman, and the pieces to me. He doesn't want the pieces. Thank you, okay. All bring right? okay. bring him to Phoenix, if Albert. I get the I'll gift pick. Bag, I will ship the. You get, We'll get you guys' addresses and I'll, uh, and I'll ship those Albert, out to you. bring it to Phoenix. We'll see you at the Super Bowl. That's right. There you go. Absolutely. Oh, That's fantastic. Right. That's right. It's a yep. date. It's a date. But don't come empty-handed, damn it. <laughs> don't come empty-handed. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> all right. Let's get it. What is the talk? What's the scuttlebutt? What are people saying when they're what, – what, what's the talk when you're walking around there uh, in the NFL? What are, the, what, is, what, what are all the chatty Cathy's uh, babbling yeah. about down there? What do they got? You know, it's, it's weird, Rich, because – um, it really like this, this to me, the last couple of years on um, this event has sort of signaled how much the NFL has slowed down its hiring process. Cause I mean, I've been coming here probably since like, Oh, eight, Oh nine, somewhere in there. And, um, you know, it used to be, I mean, for, for forever, it was like, you'd get here and all the coaching searches would be complete and you'd have like the new coaches here right. and they would be, you see them in their new gear for the first time and, and all that different stuff, you know, and they, they, they 
they'd be down here and they'd be starting to assemble their staff. And so those coaches might be, the new coaches might be conducting like position coach interviews or whatever. And here we are. And um, only one of the five jobs has been filled, you know? So I think that's sort of um, the thing that sticks out most um, when you look at what this event has traditionally been and where it is now. Um, it, yes, it's a kickoff to draft season. Yes, you know, this is where the Matthew Stafford trade was consummated a couple of years ago. And I'd expect like the Raiders to start ramping up some talks on a Derek Carr trade this week. But, you know, really like the, the main thing is there's, you know, uh, there, there are four teams that are represented here. They don't even have a head coach right now. So, um, you know, again, it's part of the league trying to slow down the hiring process and make it more deliberate. They think the teams will be a little bit more open-minded. But, you know, it certainly has sort of changed the face of this event. So when, when are we going to get some coaches' names? Or, or is that going to happen during Super Bowl week? Really? That would be a first. I, I, I mean, I, I will say this. Like, you know, usually sometimes you roll your eyes when the owner, because the owner's always going to say, we're going to cast a wide net. Right when they when they're firing their coach, we're going to cast a wide net. I, this year is kind of true. I mean, I I look at the Colts process, and um, you know, I I think that the you know, I, I think Jim Mercy really liked the idea of Jeff Saturday, but you know, the other people in the building wanted him to get a good look at everybody, and they may be moving away from that now. Maybe towards somebody like Raheem Morris. They have seven guys coming in for for second interviews. Um, you know, Brian Callahan, the, the, Beng- the Bengals offensive coordinator, did a great job. He's going to be there tomorrow. He's very close with, with Peyton Manning. And, you know, his dad actually coached Chris Ballard at Wisconsin. So there's definitely some background there. Um, Arizona, you know, I, they, they really like Brian Flores, but they're going to have the Bengals coordinators in over the next couple of days as well. Um, Denver, obviously, we've seen how their process has looked a little weird and different. Um, you know, Carolina, obviously, is the one that's got it done. So, um, you know, it feels like most of the other four are at the point where they could make a hire any day, but they've been so deliberate to this point that it's sort of unpredictable whether or not it's going to happen tomorrow or it's going to happen next week. So let's go one by one here. Uh, Sean Payton, yeah. is he going to, you know, all the tea leaves looks like he's hanging with Glazer and Fox for another year. Yeah. Right. I sort of have felt that way from the start. And, you know, I, I really looked at the landscape, Rich, and, you know, I, one of the things that I heard pretty consistently in November and December, like how much he liked living out West, you know, and, and his daughter's out there. And, um, you know, he's, I think he's comfortable um, living in Manhattan Beach and he's got a comfortable job at Fox and he might only have one more swing at being an NFL head coach. So do you want to just jump at the best thing and what might be a, a crop of flawed jobs, you know? And um, so like you, you look at, is there a place that has geography? Like I said, he likes being out West and quarterback situation. Um, well, you know, like the two jobs that are out West, Denver and Arizona, you're locked into quarterbacks where, you know, you're not going to be able to get rid of them for the next couple of years, so you better love them. Like, you better love Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson if you're going to take that job if you're Sean Payton. I'm not sure he does. You know, and then, you know, you look at, like, Carolina, when he was in the mix there, does he want to go across the country? Houston, you know, same sort of thing. You can build it from the ground up, but how long is it going to take? Um, you know, there are only five openings this year. And generally, when you have a market like that, that means there's going to be more openings the following year. So I think you add all of this up. And if you're Sean Payton, it's like, do I want to take my one last big swing at being an NFL head coach at a job that I'm not 100% sold on? And so I think that that's part of it. And I do think the teams felt that, too. Like, I, I, I don't, like, none of these teams, I, think, I don't think any of these teams have made an offer to them yet. 
I think part of it is the feeling, is he really all into doing it this year? I'm just not sure that he is. And in between uh, the Michigan school president tweeting out that Jim Harbaugh is staying and the Michigan school president tweeting out he's a Bengals fan looking for New Jersey and you trolling him on Twitter with a photograph of (laughs) Joe Burrow in an Ohio State jersey, Uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh had a second interview with the Broncos in Ann Arbor. What's that about, Albert? In my defense, in my defense, like – uh, President Santa Ono, I yes. hope I'm pronouncing it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he put that one on the tee for me. So, like, I, I just, I. He wasn't I, talking to you, Albert. Maybe I should. He wasn't talking uh, to you. He wasn't talking to you. Okay. I, he put it on the tee for me, though. He did put it on the tee for me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 honestly, I think, I think Jim wants to coach in the NFL again, and I, I, the question isn't like if. I think it's when. And, um, you know, I, I do think like he, and again, like, I think he loves the situation he has, um, with the players and the people in the, in the football program right now. Like, obviously there've been some issues with the AD over the last couple of years. I think he's good with the president. So, you know, I, 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 I looked at like where he's at right now. And, you know, I, I just think the big question is like, is someone going to come to him and just say, Jim, we want you to be our guy. We're going to build a whole operation from around you. Is Denver desperate, like, where they're going to do something like that? Because I do think that that's what would really tempt them. Now, the other thing that I've been, like, cautioned on this whole thing, like, Jim was very, I would say, very hands-on when it came to his contract situation in San Francisco and was always very aware of where he ranked and all of that. And that was part of, like, where some of the, 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 the friction was between him and the team. And... I, I think that it could be part of this too, where you made this really difficult on me two years ago when you made me take a pay cut. So you know what? I'm going to use every lever I possibly can to win every contract negotiation I have from, with you from here on out. So I think there's a genuine interest in the NFL. I don't know whether it's now or not. He really likes his football situation in Ann Arbor. And oh, by the way, there's that history of the way he's handled contract negotiations in the past that makes me think maybe part of this is a negotiating tactic with the caveat that if a team comes over the top and says, here are the, kings, here are the keys of the kingdom, Jim, we're going to give you 15 or $20 million a year, it's your show, maybe that might be enough to get him to jump. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show from Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Um, let's, let's hit on the quarterback carousel. Look, uh, I know Tom yep. Brady uh, told Jim Gray quite famously that he still hasn't made a decision yet on his future. Um, but Brock Purdy going down like this and having a long, you know, s- shelving ahead. I know they're saying six months, but we're, you know, that's a that's a yeah. throwing elbow uh, UCL injury, and we know what happens with major league pitchers on that front sometimes. So yeah, is, is Brady to the Forty right. Nineers? Yeah, I mean, you never know. Uh, what what is yeah. Brady of the Forty ers Does this make it more real? It certainly feels that way. It could to me if if he wants to go west. Yeah. What do you think? Well, so that I mean, like that, that six week period last year where it was um, Brady's retired to Brady's coming back, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Niners left that door open, and the line Niners were interested, and I think Brady was interested. And, you know, I know the Miami thing got a lot more attention because you could tie Sean Payton to it, and there's the relationship with the minority owner, Bruce Beal, there. Um, so, like, I think the Miami one got more attention. But San Francisco had quietly, like, left the light on for Tom. And I think they've sort of 
left that light on since they decided to walk away from the chance to sign him in 2020. And I think if you look at where they are from a roster standpoint, Rich, like you've got two pretty big ifs at quarterback right now under contract for next year in Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. And you've got a roster that is dynamite and ready to win now. Mm -hmm. And a roster that was competitive despite, I mean, for two and a half quarters against the Eagles, despite having a mess at the the most important position on the field. So in a lot of different ways, I think it appealed to Brady from a football standpoint. I think it appeals to the Niners. The one thing that I think is the thing that could prevent it from happening is proximity to family. Now, going back to 2020, one of the deciding factors for Tom in going to Tampa rather than, than, than the Chargers was that it was closer to New York. And so he'd have better proximity to his son, Jack, who lives in New York. Well, now you'd be talking about having one kid in New York, two kids in Miami, and do you want to be that far separated from your kids as they're getting older, even if it is just for six or seven months for a single football season? I think that's the one thing that is the variable that could keep him away from San Francisco. But, you know, I think based on whatever the prognosis is for Brock Purdy over the next few weeks, and the more they find out about his elbow, I certainly certainly think, you know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to think long and hard about making a really hard run at Tom Brady. Let's move on to Derek Carr. Albert, you started this interview by saying um, that uh, the the Raiders talking about a trade for Carr. Who in the world would trade for Carr and not contract when they know they got to cut him uh, right after the Super Bowl? Yeah. Why, why would that happen? I think it'd be it, – it, well, there are two reasons. Number one, it would be a team that would be looking for certainty, right? Like, so – if you, if you, if you take, if you get them now, like if you agree to a trade now, um, now you're taken care of and you can start planning for the season. Right. And you don't have to worry about maybe we get them, maybe we don't in the middle of February. The reason Carr would want that is to save face and the optics of it. And it looks better if you get traded than if you, than if you, um, than, 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 than if you get cut. And because he's got the no trade clause, he can control his destination and his contract would be intact. And so it could mean financially better things for him. I don't know if he'd be able to get the contract he has right now on the open market. So that'd be why it would happen. But, you know, I think there's, it's certainly going to be difficult because I think the way teams are going to look at this is we're going to say, even if we don't get Derek Carr, like, would we be okay with Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo or Daniel Jones? Like, you look at the names of some of the quarterbacks that are going to be out there well, I mean- um, in free agency, and it's like, is it worth it? Now, Derek Carr might be better than those guys, but is he so much better that you're willing to take on that contract and give up a draft pick to get him? Well, the, issue, know, the other issue is, Albert, too. Those other guys free agency. Right. The other issue is, though, is like, let's just say somebody would be interested in Derek Carr, but they want to see what happens with Brady first. Or they would be interested right. in Derek Carr, but they got to see what happens with the Dolphins and Tua first. Like, would the Dolphins right. be in this mix? Or whatever the heck is going on in Baltimore that has now been two weeks under the radar because we're focused on the rest of the playoffs with Lamar Jackson. Is he, could he right. be made available? Like, what? Aaron Rodgers? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, the, so, so, so many places might be interested in Carr, but they want to see how that plays out first. And that's not going to happen in the next week. Or two, you know, with and his that's timeline. The thing, and that's the thing is like, so I, that's why I think like this is an important week. Again, this is like, this is the week where, you know, Brad Holmes and Mike Disner came here. Brad Holmes had just gotten a GM job in Detroit and he came here determined to get closure on Matthew Stafford because he thought it'd be the smartest thing for the Lions to get in front of it 
and get in front of the market and offer somebody a certainty right away. So he wasn't dealing with teams considering different options and maybe driving the price down. And I think that that's exactly what Dave Ziegler is going to try to do here. Is you come in and you say, listen, maybe get Brady, maybe you don't. Maybe Rogers available, maybe he isn't. Maybe Lamar's available, maybe he isn't. Maybe you like Baker, do you like him as much as Derek? And, you know, I think the, the selling point for, for, for Dave Ziegler coming here, and he has talked to a couple teams, I think there, there are, there's at least one team in the NFC South that I think would be interested in exploring a trade. Like, you look at, like, the, I, you know, I, I think the idea is, like, do you want the bird in hand or do you want two in the bush? You know what I mean? Like, and do you want to have, like, the ability to take care of your quarterback position and not deal with the uncertainty of waiting for the next six weeks to unfold and seeing what happens with all of those other guys. So that would be the selling point. And I, I think it, it, it could be attractive to a team that might think it doesn't have the most attractive situation to offer to a quarterback, you know, where you feel like we need to do something early because we're going to be in competition with all these other teams for quarterbacks and we might not win in that sort of battle. I mean, that's the, I think we just kind of set up the quarterback carousel over the next several weeks right there. Uh, before I, before I let you go, yep. wh- what is the talk there about what the Bears are going to do? We have Justin Fields slated to be on our show at the Super Bowl in Arizona next Thursday. Yep. Can't wait to talk with him. I mean, what what what, what is the the chatter there about the top pick and and what the Bears might do and with it or Fields? What do you got for me there? My sense is that they're going to move forward with Justin Fields and try to trade the first pick. Um, try to trade now, it. could that change based on their evaluation of Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson? Sure. Um, you know, but I, I've talked to enough people there that feel like Justin, they, there wasn't enough around Justin to get a really clean evaluation on him last year. And like, given what he had, what he did was really, really impressive. I didn't realize this, Rich. Did you know that they broke the Bears – like all-time record for rushing yards last year. Well, he he was like the, incredible. The, he was incredible, personally uh, yeah. incredible. Yeah. Right. So so like I think and 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 here's the thing. The other thing is like you know obviously I live up in New England and we've heard about like the friction and the bitching from Mac Jones and everything else up there. Did we hear one word from Justin Fields complaining about his circumstances? No. Right. So like I I think that there is an appreciation not only for how Justin played how he put his body on the line, but also how he handled all of it, you know? And that, like, he kind of had a square job about the whole thing, and, like, I'm, I'm taking the responsibility here because I, 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 I'm, I am the franchise quarterback, and I think that scored him a lot of points with people in that organization. And I think right now where things are trending are towards Justin Fields being their quarterback in 2023 with a lot personally on the line then. I'm not saying he's going to be their quarterback 10 years from now. I don't know that. But I think with a lot on the line personally, he will be their quarterback in 2023. And they're either going to try to get somebody to trade for that pick or take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson with it. Albert, thanks for the time, uh, as always. Uh, We'll see you in Arizona. Um, And uh, if you've got Reese's, again, the cups for for Brockman, the (laughs) pieces for me. And um, take your peanut-loving but peanut-butter-hating phone call, and and I appreciate it. There you go. Thank you very much. All right, yeah. Take care of yourself, Bert. I'll, I'll get it in the mail as soon as I as soon as I get it. You're the best. Thanks again, man. See you, Albert. All right. There is one right. of the best right there. Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Lucky to have him. That's Albert Breer right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Sound good, Mikey. You and I will find our own candies.
you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got like five boxes right here. I'm fine. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. You can have my pieces. Yeah, Rich will give us a, a, I got a, I, 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 trail it's, it's to a the pass back. through. Leave TJ on a trail. I, my heart light is turned on, sir. <laughs> Rich, just leave when us a trail. When was the last time you saw E.T.? About five years ago. Yeah, exactly. It's great. <laughs> I saw E.T. a couple. I've got small children. Yeah. You're not going to show E.T. to Cage. freaked out. You're not going to show E.T. Yeah, e. Cage? It's too bad. It makes you tough. It makes you tough. No. That's Sam tough. when he's like... Come on. Spoiler alert. When he's in that one of the... That was traumatized me as a kid. I know that. So too bad. Traumatized great. me. Great. You the remember today? Time, you remember today? I saw E.T. three times in the theater, though. A lot no. scarier than Meet the Fablemans. <laughs> what yeah. it's called? You need a good I, nap. I heard Fable a great man. story Fable about um, Drew Barrymore on the set of E.T. that D. Wallace said that Drew Barrymore thought E.T. was real. Why not? She and was, so, a girl, was a little girl. Yeah. Steven Spielberg, when he found this out, he assigned two people to control E.T. at all times ah, when Drew was around. Nice. And anytime somebody saw her going up to it, mm-hmm. they had to like put turn on E.T. Why are you traumatizing a young girl not, for? No, it's called being a... A legendary director, knowing that the relationship between this young actress and E.T. needs to be absolutely fostered. What's the matter with you? I like that. I I thought that that was really dope. Like Spielberg put two pictures. Like anytime Drew's around E.T., bring him to life. Let's take a break. Yeah, Spielberg overrated. (laughs) My gosh, just like this is ridiculous. Just had a nice chat with Jesse Palmer in the back. He's yeah. going to join us in about 10 minutes' time, the host of The Bachelor. Man, I've known him for 20 years. Yeah. It's great to have him here. It'll be great. So, um, Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated calling in from the Senior Bowl. I asked him what he thought the Bears were going to do with the first overall pick and how that relates to Justin Fields, who's going to be on this show. He's scheduled to appear on our Super Bowl show in Arizona next week on Thursday. Can't wait to talk with him because he's going to have – He's got to buckle up here for the next two months. It's going to be a it's going to be a tough ride for him because what Breer just said. Yes, they're going to hold on to him, but and trade the first overall pick. That's what he said. They're going to hold on to him and trade the first or look to trade the first overall pick in order to get that first overall pick offloaded they are going to have to make it seem like they are interested in all the quarterbacks out there. They're going to work them out. They're going to bring them in for visits. I mean, if they want to trade the first overall pick, they could basically say, we're sticking with Fields and we're taking a defender. They'd be very fortunate to have Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Okay, And and, and they they could say that. They could. But if they're going to trade that first overall pick in order to do it, They have to make it look like they're interested in that quarterback because, hey, quarterback-hungry teams, hey, teams that fall head over heels for any of these quarterbacks, you better come to us. Hey, Houston, you want one of these quarterbacks for, we assume, D'Amico Ryans, your new head coach? You want one of of these? Come, You got to come up one spot. Just like we did for Trubisky back in the day to put us in this conundrum to begin with. But that's <laughs> what they're going to have to make it seem like. And even if they tell Justin Fields, we love you or whatever, and we just got to get the most for that first overall pick. So don't take it personally or get upset if we bring in 
your successor at Ohio State and C.J. Stroud, if we bring in Bryce Young, if we bring in Levis, and we do it all, and we talk about it, like, and 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 we're asked about it, and we make it seem like we're interested, they were only doing that to drive up the price. That's what they have to tell Justin Fields, and it's going to be very difficult for him because he's not going to be speaking to somebody every day to say, "Don't worry about it." Is he? So for me, for me, the season that's going to be the toughest part for Justin Fields may not be the playing season coming up. It's the the talent evaluation season. And in order for this to go successfully for him and the Bears and for it to go successfully for the Bears and Fields, I think it comes down to the communication skills of one man. Say it with me, everybody. From the innards. It's on this guy. Hey, Justin. We love you. You balled out for us. We believe in you. So don't pay attention. Yeah, when don't, we're trying, uh, uh, don't listen to all if that If they're going to try and trade the pick, which everybody at the first overall pick tries to do at some point just to keep all their options open, they're going to have to bring all these quarterbacks in, even if they don't even have a thought of going with them because they love fields. But if you're fields, you're sitting there go, well, how did that meeting go today? Did they fall in love with them? Is everything that they've told me to my face still operative? He better buckle up because I think that's what the next couple of months is going to be. Yeah. You're right, Rich. And if they put him up on game early, like you said, then he should be all right. But you right? never know as they continue to do it and have it happen in real time. Jesse Palmer coming up here. And if they do think of trading Justin Fields, there's one spot I want them to call. The New York Jets. I would take him. Let me just sit here and think about this. I would take him over every other quarterback that could be available. I would re- I, I would redo that deal of taking Zach Wilson over him, and he might be just like uninterested in going to the spot, even though it's not a, it wouldn't be his call. There was no trade clause, I imagine. You know, I, you you had a shot at me. Now you now you want me? The answer to that would be yes, <laughs> yes, see, we do. You see what had happened was what, what had happened, right? What, what had happened the old Stuart was. Scott line. Well, see. <laughs> Yeah, I would take him in a heartbeat. Mm. Stick him with Garrett Wilson like the old times rolling again? Are you kidding me? Would that give you nightmares a little bit? Though? No, it wouldn't. Okay. It would. I, then, then I start to see that word Jets materialize <laughs> in the Super Bowl end zone. That's the kid I would want. Reverse. And I don't know, did the Jets, if they if, fall in love with Stroud, and, and take the Jets' first-round selection. Now it's in the middle of the first round. Maybe they can sweeten it a little bit. When you want to trade Justin Fields, please call Joe Douglas. <laughs> or Joe, call them up. But you and have Zach Wilson. Adios, <laughs> muchacho. With all due respect. Yeah, I'm seeing that photograph start to materialize. There it says Jets in a Marty, Super Bowl end me. zone. And I don't care if Buckeyes take me there. I do not care. 